You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming in again, What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a good week for y'all, man. We getting closer and closer to the end of the NFL regular season. So, you know, we got the recap for all of that, along with entertainment, current events. We got a pretty decent show for y'all this week. Yes, sir. If this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast, we do have five segments. We have our sports segment to our Wednesday. Social media wants to know entertainment and current events and past the ox. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole episode. First thing I want to talk about before we dive into the sports. Have y'all ever watched that movie Fight Club? I watched Fight Club today when I was at work, bro. When I tell you, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen, bro. Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, that movie was fire, bro. The last 30 minutes of that movie had my jaw on the ground, bro. If you're somebody who loves like the Christopher Nolan type of memento, it's like a memento type of feel. But the end of the Mm. movie will knock your socks off. And Memento, Prestige, those type of movies are like one of my favorite, like some of my favorite movies of all time. And like, I might, I have to watch Fight Club again for it to be in that that high tier. But just off the first watch, that shit is fire, bro. So I would def, that would definitely be my movie suggestion this, of the week, bro. This one of the ones when uh, Brad was in his prime. Prime, that's like when he was, yeah, was seven with uh, Morgan Freeman, like that type of Brad Pitt for yeah. sure, bro. Yeah. I ain't know I what you call it was in that. Jared Leto. He was, yep, he was in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like I said, Edward Norton, the original Hulk, the 2008 Hulk. Yeah. I'm going to have that to get that crazy. a watch. Yeah, bro. Definitely got to watch that. You are you, you can't find it on any streaming platforms. Definitely got to do your 123movies.com. But no, they, you they say it's it. on Amazon. You just got to pay for it. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Niggas, real niggas. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> just, just bootleg it out <laughs> and y'all can get right to it. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to tell y'all that before we dive into sports. But y'all already know what we're starting off with, with the NFL Week 15 recap. And we're going to do it a little different this week for the recap. We're going to do pretenders and contenders for all of the questionable teams in the NFC and AFC. It was a lot of fun matchups this week. It was one of the best weeks of the NFL season. But we have to answer these questions. We're getting close to the uh, playoff time, like Eggert said. And we have to know if some of these teams are pretenders or contenders. And these are Super Bowl pretenders and contenders. So don't try to say, oh, yeah, they play off contenders. Oh, they could. Nope. Or can they really win a Super Bowl? Can they make a Super Bowl? I want to hear those type of answers. All right. First on the board is the Minnesota Vikings. Pretenders or contenders? Uh, Pretenders. And it hurts me to say this. And I know we'll dive a little bit deeper into it um, probably when we start talking about certain games. But that historic comeback was great. Granted, it was the Colts, but still history is history. Coming back from a 33-point deficit, the Vikings showed us that they can still find ways to win and they can come up in big occasions and, and big moments. But they always put themselves in certain holes at the same time. And the fact that they're too inconsistent with how they win games or when they win games, that's why I have to say at this point in the season for the NFC, the Vikings are pretenders. I love Captain Kirk. 
I love Justin Jefferson, but it's it's just not hitting consistently to make me say, yep, they got it. So I got to go with pretenders for the Vikings. I'm not confident in this team at all. Like Edgar said, the comeback was amazing, but why were you down 33 to shit to Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts? On like, Saturday. That, you know Saturday. what I'm saying? Like, why are you down 33 shit in the first place? Like, I understand the comeback was amazing. One of the best comebacks of all time, but you shouldn't have been down 33 shit in the first place, bro. I said it last week. I cannot trust Kirk Cousins, but this whole team, the defense got question marks throughout the defense. I just don't like this team, bro. They had some good wins throughout the season with the Bills, but I'm still not confident. I, I can't say Super Bowl contenders. I see too many teams, especially in the NFC right now, that I would put above them. So, nah, definitely pretenders. Moving on. The Baltimore Ravens. Pretenders or contenders? Uh, Pretenders. It's too late in the season, and Lamar is out for me to have any type of hope for the Ravens right now. Even if Lamar comes back, I don't see them just flipping the script and making a bunch of adjustments to be Super Bowl ready. So I, I have to say pretenders off of the fact that Lamar ain't on the field. This is an easy decision for me. Because I was saying this, like, even with Lamar, if when Lamar comes back, I still don't feel confident enough in that offense, bro. I think the defense, honestly, is good enough to be in that championship conversation. But the offense, bro, is lackluster. And we're seeing it really come to come to surface with this backup quarterback because even though he's a backup he has no weapons on the field and you guys really get to see how good Lamar Jackson is because of what mm -hmm. Tyler Huntley has to go through and how he really lifts his team up before Lamar Jackson got hurt this team was what seven and three now they're yep. like seven and seven they're about to miss the playoffs just I mean look at where this team has gone since he's been out the last couple of weeks they don't even look like the same team anymore, and we're seeing how valuable he is. To Without Lamar, this team is shit. It's no offensive weapons. And that, and that's why, because I don't want anybody to listen to this and think I'm being contradictory, because four to five weeks ago, I think you asked me what I thought about the Ravens, and I said they were the scariest team in the AFC at that point because they really could make a Super Bowl push with probably the most decimated team in that conference. And I think with Lamar Jackson being out proves all of your points of how just losing him could take away your whole advantage because he's the he's the trickster, bro. Like he's the he's the ace in the hole every time. The same way we talk about Patrick Mahomes being able to just like will his team to victory. I think it's the same thing with Lamar Jackson. And I think it's the same way now, even with him not playing. If Lamar has been healthy this entire season, like if he had been healthy all the way up until now, I'd probably still say the Ravens are big contenders. But the fact mm. that he's not playing, the fact that I don't know when he'll come back, if he'll even come back at this point, if you if you're Lamar, I think he should. He's, he, it's a possibility that he comes back this week because originally his injury was one to three weeks, and he's already missed two weeks, I believe. So he but should that's something back Lamar has to. That's something Lamar really has to think about. This is a knee really injury as well. This back. is a knee injury. Yeah. Because if you're trying to get the money that you're trying to get, and he has to be honest with himself too. The same. The same as the actual Ravens team. Do they think they could compete for a Super Bowl? If y'all cannot confidently sit there and say yes, if I'm Lamar, why am I even rushing to come back? Even if I've been out my actual amount of time, why not just be off the rest of the season and just fully heal? 
And then I think he's a competitor, though, bro. If there's an opportunity for them to still make the playoffs, I think he will come back. If they were a shitty and out of playoff contention, obviously Lamar would sit out the rest of the season. But with mm. them still being in seventh or eighth in the AFC, I think he's going to come back, uh, hopefully lift the Ravens to uh, at least a playoff spot. So there's a chance for them to make noise. And honestly, with the time that he's missed this year, I think it proves his point on why he should get paid the amount of dollars that he wants to get paid and why he should have a fully guaranteed contract because what right. is your team without him? And this isn't just the, this year. The past few years have been like this. If you guys do not have Lamar, your offense is shitty and wouldn't be doing anything. Lamar is that valuable. So I think he's proving his point by being out these last couple of weeks of like, we got to pay this man whatever he wants for him to stay. Because they're in the fifth spot. So that means they would play who would they play? They would play the they're fourth team. Oh, they're fourth now? No, they're they're the fifth, but they will play the fourth seed, which I think is the oh, Titans. Oh, they'll right play now. the fourth seed, which is the Titans. So mm, I might get them that. If Lamar playing, I'll get them that over the Titans, because especially where the Titans been. We're gonna we're gonna talk finish. about we're gonna talk about the AFC South because I don't think the Titans yeah. gonna end up in that in that fourth spot. I don't think they're gonna oh, end yeah, up. Oh, yeah, I, I don't either. I think they're gonna. I, I think. Oh, so uh, I'll talk about it a little later. But yeah, I, th- I think the Ravens are pretenders for sure, even with Lamar. Uh, next we got the Miami Dolphins, pretenders or contenders? I say pretenders, but not because I just don't believe in the Dolphins. I just believe in two or three other AFC teams a whole lot more than them. I think they very well could make that run. But I don't see them getting past, you know, the Chiefs or whoever the second team would be. Buffalo. Um, they could get past Buffalo. I'll say the yeah, Bengals. Buffalo. Probably the, the Chiefs Chargers, and the Bengals. The Bengals right yeah, now. all of them in that conversation. Yeah. So I, I would say I just don't trust them to get past those teams. Not taking anything away from what the Dolphins are doing, but compared to everyone else, they're pretenders contenders for the dolphins bro i think this game against the bills gave me any uh gave me more confidence on what they will be capable of doing in the playoffs because the way they ran the ball against the bills with most having 100 yards in the first half they have the ability to play and win in multiple different ways it doesn't just have to be Tua and the weapons that he has to win a game for you and they they were close and they were toe to toe with the bills in a snowstorm to the end of the game in the cold where a lot of people question if they can keep up with the bills in that type of weather, they competed to the end. And that felt like a playoff matchup, even though they lost, I gained more confidence in this team Tua looked like his regular self again, uh, especially coming off those past two uh, weeks that were terrible. He looked more like Tua this week against the bills. That rushing game looked good. The weapons are still healthy. I think the defense is getting better week by week. I think the dolphins are contenders and whoever they play in the first and second round, bro, has to be on upset alert, bro. Has to be on upset alert. I love this Dolphins team, bro. I love them. Because they're, they they're the seventh seed. So who would they're they They're the seventh seed. They so they would have to play the Chiefs first round? Um, they getting smacked if they play the Chiefs first round. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think they end up in seventh, but that's a tough matchup for sure. If, if, if the playoffs were to start today and they were to play the Chiefs, they getting smacked. It's not even going to be close. I don't know. I just seen the Chiefs play against Houston, and them boys was looking pretty tight. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's what we talked about. Hey, it is funny because Tyreek 
gonna have to go to um. What's it called? Oh, it? Arrowhead. Revenge game. Tyreek yeah, revenge game. He might. Yeah, he gonna go crazy. Crazy. He gonna He'll go try crazy. to go crazy just cause. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta go crazy. You gotta go crazy. But yeah, going back to but going back to the Dolphins boy. I, I like this Dolphins team. I don't think they end up in seventh, even though they're on a three game losing streak right now. I still like this team a lot to really cause or make some noise in the playoffs, man. I really do. And we talked about it earlier in the season about this season being so wide open with so many teams. It's getting closer to the playoffs, and we're making these predictions on pretenders and contenders. But I still think it's not going to end up how we think it on mine right now, where we got the Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, and the AFC being the favorites, or we got the San Francisco 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys, or whoever you have at the top of the NFC. Like some shit, somebody is going to shake this shit up, bro. And one of these conferences. And I think the Dolphins can be one of those teams that make like a shake some shake some tables and they end up in a conference championship game or some shit like that. Like, I really think they can be in that conversation. Moving on to the next one is the Dallas Cowboys. Pretenders or contenders? The Cowboys are pretenders. They are who they always are. And I got something for two wild Wednesday. And I don't think Quincy will think it's too wild at this point. But, yeah, bro, they're pretenders. They they are who we thought they were. They are who we always think they are. They just fall short of the occasion every time. You have a 17-point lead going into the third quarter, and you just completely fold? I get it. It's Trevor Lawrence, like young ascending talent and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Jaguars are nothing to, to toot your nose up at. But that's something that we cannot ignore of how a lead was just blown the way that it was blown with Dallas. That defense is way too elite to allow something like that. A second-year quarterback, I don't give a damn if you Trevor Lawrence. Like, mm-hmm. that defense is way too elite, and that team in total is just too high caliber this season to allow something like that to happen. The Texans game was already a big red flag, but now you got that fucking up, and you got the defense not doing their job. So I, I got to raise eyebrows now at this point, at this point in the season where they always show us who they really are, the <laughs> Cowboys are pretenders. And it's crazy because Sunday was really an organizational loss, bro. I felt like the defense, I don't think Dak is really to blame. I think Dak had a good game. I think the decisions that were being made on offense, the play calling was terrible. I think organizationally, that was an L that you got to put on everybody's shoulders, bro. It's not one man or one person that you can really put it on, but that was a bad L. But that's the thing that we get with Dallas every year. We had these same questions with Dallas last year. If Mike McCarthy can be the coach to put this team over the top, and we're still having these questions the year after, even when this team is more talented. You have the you have the running back pieces. You have the quarterback or the so-called quarterback. You have enough wide receivers, especially with Noah Brown having an excellent game against the Jaguars. And you're supposed to have a Super Bowl championship defense and we're seeing holes in the defense. I know Anthony Brown got hurt, so that's a, obviously a big hit to their secondary. But damn, you're getting gashed by niggas like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, who are number two and number three receivers on other teams, bro. Like, what are we talking about? Y'all getting toasted by niggas like that. Like, come I on, agree. bro. Come on. That's not a Super Bowl defense. That's not what I seen earlier in the season. We're seeing them get gashed too occasionally on the defensive side of the ball, bro. And that was supposed to be their calling card. The defense was supposed to be something that carried them home. When Cooper Rush was starting, it was the defense that was carrying them. And obviously the rushing game was doing his job as well. But with the defense just getting gashed occasionally, it's, it's, it happens too much, bro. And I have to say pretenders for the Cowboys. They are pretenders. 
And lastly, the Chargers. Pretenders or contenders? This might be the hardest one. Uh, I'm going to say contenders just because of how offensively the Chargers are just able to find ways to score, find ways to move up the field, to get points, whether they're touchdowns or field goals. And they Justin Herbert just finds a way to win every time. <laughs> like, I, I have to go with contenders for, for the L.A. Chargers, bro. I, I understand the defense isn't all that great. I understand Herbert is in predicament sometimes because of the coaching, but they find ways to overcome. And I think that's what's going to help them along the way because they're in so many problems throughout certain games and find ways to win to where when they get into the playoffs and they're in elimination games, they've been in situations like that already. So mm-hmm. I trust the Chargers to get wins. I trust Justin Herbert to make the right plays. So I'm going to say contenders for the Chargers. But that was the hardest one. The Chargers are a tricky team because you know who they remind me of from last year, bro? They kind of remind me of the Cincinnati Bengals, where they have the quarterback that can overcome, who can make all the throws, who can he's that who can uh, have you in a game with anybody. He can have you in a game with Mahomes, with the best of the best. And the defense is playing way better, even though they have defensive players hurt, like Bosa's hurt, Derwin James is hurt. Defensive pieces are definitely down for them. Their defense, honestly, is playing better than they were earlier in the season when those stars were healthy, which is interesting to me. So the defense is playing better. They're playing more aggressive with teams. They played against a good Tennessee team. It was 14-14. to Like, I really think this team can make a run in the playoffs, bro. I really do. So I would agree with you and say that they are contenders, bro. They remind me of the Bengals and what Burrow did last year, bro. I think Justin Herbert can replicate. So I, I have the Chargers as contenders, bro. I, I they hope they make the Super Bowl. Shit, they were my original pick before the season started. And then I kind of fucked up and said the Bills because the Bills halfway <laughs> through the season was showing me something different. But I, I got to go back with the Chargers. I'm going to go back with the Chargers for my for my AFC pick, my original AFC Super Bowl on team. Damn. And it's crazy because the thing about the Chargers, their defensive stars are supposed to be coming back soon. I mean, Bosa is supposed to be coming back in a couple of weeks, but a couple of weeks before the playoffs. And then Derwin James is going to come back in a week. It's like their defense is already playing better. Then they're going to get their stars back, especially one on the defensive line. And that's what you need come playoff time, especially to go across from Khalil Mack right now. I think they're going to get healthy at the right time to really have a playoff push. I'm excited for the Chargers, bro. Because really these excited. last three games, bro, these last three games are cake for the Chargers. They're going to win. They're, they're going to make the playoffs, for sure. They got they got the Colts on um, Monday Night Football, day after Christmas. They got the Rams on New Year's Day. And then they got the Broncos on January 8th for the last game. And they're already in – what place are the Chargers in? The Chargers are in six. So if the Ravens lose a couple, the Chargers win some, and the Titans lose a couple, the, the Chargers could end up being, like, what, the fourth seed? They could go up two spots and be the fourth seed. So mm-hmm. that would be crazy. Or they, I don't think, no, they wouldn't be the fourth seed because they wouldn't win their division. Oh, yeah, they're so not they'll winning still be, they'll, be the, they'll be the highest wild card, which is fifth. So they'll be fifth, yeah. and they'll play the lowest – uh, division winner, so I still I think they can play with anybody. I don't really care who they play at this point. I think Ooh, they can but really we would, if they end up if they end up being fifth, 
Who they play? Uh, oh wait, no. Nah. They play Tennessee. They'll play Tennessee. They will play Tennessee. They'll play in Tennessee. I was thinking, I was thinking, damn, what if we gotta get Burrow and um and Herbert Woo! in the first round? That shit would be crazy. Now that would be fire. I would want that. I honestly that would, would want be the, crazy. I would want the Chargers to lose a game just to see that matchup in the first round. I would <laughs> want to see that in the first round for real. A three versus six or a two versus seven. I would fuck with that. Moving on to a couple of topics for this week in terms of games. We seen the dumbest way to lose a game, possibly, with the New England and Raiders game. If you guys didn't see that, uh, it was tied 24-24. The, the, basically, the uh, Patriots were trying to run out the clock. They started the hook and lateral for some reason. They ended up throwing an interception to the other team, to the Raiders, and they ended up running it back for a touchdown, which is crazy as hell because they didn't have to do that. The game was going to overtime. It was three exactly. seconds left on the clock. But they did too much, like they were down by like a, a point or some shit like that. They ended up losing the game. Was that the dumbest way you seen somebody lose a game? Oh hell yeah, for sure. <laughs> like not even close. Like that shit was crazy. For sure. It, it just you're playing the game, like Quincy said. Like they were playing the game, like they were down. Like y'all are tied. Y'all can go to overtime. Like and I don't know if Bill told them to do that. I don't. Bill know did not tell them boys to do that, bro. That's one thing I want to make clear. Building, no, not telling no, I'm talking about that. running a play in general. Why the hell did they run a play? Why he was trying to run the clock out. I think they were trying to run the clock out. But because it was only three like, seconds just... left, bro. It was no time to actually do anything. He was just trying to get to overtime. Then my boy was just throwing the ball back. So here's the play right here. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's you zero. Just, you could have just ran get a touchdown, bro. There's no chance. Number 24 or the, the running back, he tried to do too much. Did it hook and lateral. <laughs> and then we get a touchdown with uh, Chandler Jones taking it back to the crib for the game. But they were willing to go to overtime. They wanted to go to overtime. Ramondre Stevenson was supposed to just run the ball out, run the clock out, build your stats, do whatever, but don't do this. Yeah. So this this was crazy, dog. I've never seen it. And the way he stiff, stiff on Mac, Mac Jones right there. Yeah, that shit was, <laughs> that was wild. Like, that was crazy. That's funny as hell, bro. So, yeah. I was like, damn, did Mac and Cheese dirty. That's crazy. <laughs> Just had him in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also, going back to the... Uh, I want to talk about Mac Jones as well, bro. Because just a season ago... We were talking about Mac Jones. Like, he was going to be all right. He was going to be the future of the Patriots. But, man, this season has been a rocky one, bro. I don't know if it's just a sophomore slump, but he doesn't even give you that same type of confidence that he gave me in week one. Or not in week one, but in year one. Now we're looking at him. Now it's like, damn, you're looking shitty. Like, he could barely get a, a, a game against the Raiders. The defense had to carry him in this game. He can barely complete passes to his wide receivers. Like, what happened to Mac Jones this year, bro? I, I think... I think it's a sophomore slump, like you said. Uh, I don't think what we saw with Mac Jones was a fluke. I think he can be that good, be good enough to be a top 20 quarterback, maybe top 15 if he's playing at his best. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just think this season just wasn't friendly to him as far as the personnel he had to play with. Uh, the fact the that person, got, he had the same personnel last year and was doing his thing. But now people got film on you with this with this personnel that you're playing with. It's, it's not mm -hmm. that you have elevated receivers. It's not that you have higher talented 
you know, tight ends and running backs and whatnot, like mm-hmm. some of the other quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Herbert, you know, I know his receivers be injured, but at least he got a good Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and whatnot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Joe Burrow got some of the best receivers in the damn league. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably the only person I could think of that's making it work with the shit he got. And Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence is better than Matt Jones. So shit, at least his talent level better. But with Matt mm-hmm. Jones, I think he'll get back to being a good middle of the pack quarterback. Right now, he's he's not even moment, but I think he can get back to that status. I'm not confident in Mac anymore, bro. I like the dude that they had earlier in the year, the Bailey Zappy. I was on the Bailey Zappy train before uh he ended up having that. Uh I think he had ended up getting swapped with Mac mid-game, and Mac has been taking the job from uh, from there on out, but I don't know, bro. I don't have that same confidence. I thought Matt was going to be way better than just a top 20 quarterback in the league, bro. Or somebody who was just going to be a game game manager. Like, you were a top 15 pick, bro. I thought he was going to be way better than this. But I was, I've said when he left Alabama, like, I didn't think Matt Jones was all that great. Like, you're But in the first year, he showed that he could be more. But he was playing with, in Alabama, he was playing with some of the most legendary wide receiver combinations we've ever seen. One, one of, if not the greatest college wide receiver, and yes, that, that is an argument at this point with Devontae Smith being one of the mm-hmm. best college wide receivers ever. No mm-hmm. answer for the nigga catching the ball every single time, mm-hmm. you know. And now you get in the NFL where you don't just have the elite of the elite around you. You know what I'm saying? Like, now in Miami, Tua has the elite around him at wide receiver. And but I'm saying, that's just turned him around. in year one, he didn't have weapons, bro. The nigga had what he has this year and was making shit shake. He was making shit shake in a sense of you're doing well for your rookie year. I didn't take it as, oh, my God, like he's going to do this and that. He had his team on the fringe of making the playoffs, which was great, you know, for Mm -hmm. a rookie season. But I wasn't just so infatuated with what I was seeing with Matt Jones because I didn't Mm. think he could be anything more than a top 15 quarterback. I didn't see top five or top 10. I think he can Mm. get back, like I said, to that 15 to 20 range, but I'm not going to expect any more of that, more any more than that from him at this point. I see him in more in that top 10, top 15 range, bro. So for to see him on the back end, I thought he was, I thought he was capable of being more, but now he just looks like a game manager, bro. He looks like a Jimmy G. And if Jimmy G has a good team around him, if he has the weapons, he's capable of winning games because he can make all of the throws, which Mac Jones can do. But if they don't have the weapons, obviously, like, Mac Jones does not. He's not going to make shit shake. Even though last year he did, that shit is just crazy how from one year to the next, he's not looking like the same person, bro. So maybe it is a sophomore slump, but I just expect way more from him. And moving on to the next one, we got the Jalen Hurts injury. He has he has sprained his shoulder this week against the Bears. Somebody had ended up laying on his shoulder. They're supposed to be – he's supposed to be out for, like, one to two weeks is a week-to-week type of injury. But he's uncertain for this next game. And I think they play Dallas, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, they play the Cowboys this week. But with Jalen Hurts even having this injury, even if he comes back and he's good to go, how much does the injury affect him? And how much does it affect the Eagles' Super Bowl chances moving forward? Uh, was it his – I don't even remember. Was it his throwing what? shoulder? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. Damn, that's a good question. Um, 
I still have confidence that the Eagles – I'm not even worried about this game against Dallas anymore if he's not playing. I know – Because they um, already got the division wrapped up, so it, it really Yeah, they got no the division point. wrapped yeah. up. We know they're a, a for-sure playoff team at this point. Mm-hmm. And they got – the Eagles are going to have Gardner Minshew, so it, all Gardner Minshew has to do is just not be trash. Like, he could just be somewhat okay, and the Eagles can still somehow win the game. So I don't think Jalen Hurts has anything to worry about as far as like where his team is going to end up for the playoffs or whatever. I do still have confidence that they can get to the Super Bowl. I have confidence that they can still be the winner of the Super Bowl this year. But mm. I I think he he got to be at least a good 85-90%, bro. If if Hurts come back That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying with it being his throwing shoulder. How yeah. much are we saying it's going to affect him? Because all of those deep balls to Devontae and to A.J. Brown, does that go out the window with this injury? Does he have that same type of arm strength? Does he still have that same range of motion with this sprained shoulder? I know the they're going to soup him up with all these IVs and all that, but still. The amount of times you do it per game might have to go down for a little bit, but I think he'll still be able to do it. It, it all depends on how bad the injury is. And I heard a couple people say this on some of the sports shows today that a lot of these reporters are making this sound super serious, but still not saying how long he could be out. And I think Cowher has said we as the media have to slow down. We're just trying to be first with give out giving out information like that because mm-hmm. we don't we don't know. Like there's no true answer on how long Justin Jalen Hurts is gonna be out. He could he could only miss this Dallas game and then he could come back the next week. And he, could, he could be perfectly fine. Or he could be out for like two to three weeks until his playoff time. I think you it's know, more so that because I'm hearing that he could potentially miss the rest of the season with this injury. I'm hearing that he's fine, but since they're 11 and one, they got the division wrapped up. Most likely, they have the conference wrapped up. I'm hearing that it's serious enough for him to not come back anymore, which I, is I like mean, a two to three week injury. It is. It wouldn't but like I said, it doesn't Eagles. really matter to me how long, how much time he misses. Because like you said, he could come back next week, but is he going to be the same Jalen Hurts that we've seen this entire season? Yeah, I, I ain't that's, worried about that's that. That's my problem. Like, it doesn't really matter how much time he misses because he can miss a month, but still not be the same Jalen Hurts that we've seen this first 14 games. That's my problem. That's why I said, does it affect the how much it, the, the Super Bowl channels of the Eagles? Because I think it does. I think they need Jalen Hurts fully healthy. And how much does this affect his rushing ability as well? Because, yes, his legs are perfectly fine. But, damn, does it uh, does it affect, affect him when they talk about rushing the extra yards, that type of thing? This is a physical running back, or not running back, but a physical quarterback we're talking about here who loves to get hits, uh, to loves who gets the extra yards, who doesn't really slide down. Does it affect the running game as well? Those are the questions I have to ask with it. No matter how long he misses, is he going to be the same? And I think Eagles fans are starting to get a little like Carson Wentz type of vibes from this situation. Like, because even though they won a championship that year, they were having such a great season. I think that was 2017 where when Carson Wentz was in an MVP conversation and was leading the MVP conversation, then he ended up getting hurt. It's, it feels like that same kind of way. I was like, damn, even though Hurts is not out for the season like Wentz was, it's like, damn, we were doing so well. And at the end of the year, this is when we get hit with such a big blow, bro. I think this can really derail their season. I know they got talent all around, bro. But you need this quarterback position, bro. You need it. I I don't think it'll hurt them that bad. I think whenever Jalen Hurts, 
out on the field, he will be back to to what he was. I don't think he'll step back out on the field if he doesn't feel like he can be the catalyst that the team needs him to be. I don't know, bro. Because like you said, we haven't really heard anything confirmed. So it's hard to really make an opinion on this type of fact or on this type of news. But I don't know, bro. I'm nervous for the, for the Eagles fans in general, bro. Because you at 14 and one, he's leading the MVP conversation. And then in week 14, week 15, we get this type of news, bro. So I don't know. I guess we need more news, but this can really affect their Super Bowl chances. I really believe it. And moving on to week 16 preview and picks of the week. Man, what we got for games of the week for this week? First off, what's the game? Uh, Jags and Jets. That's going to be a good one, Hockey. Thursday night football. Yep. We got more uh, Saturday games? Oh, all these mm-hmm. games are Saturday. What the fuck? Yeah. Most of these games are Saturday. Well, I'm about to say most of them. We only got four, no, three, three Sunday games. Oh, because Sunday is Christmas. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's right. A lot so of we got Saturday. Trash. Oh, my God. What, what we got for this week, bro? Giants Falcons, and Vikings could be solid. Giants and Falcons, Ravens, trash. Lions, Panthers, trash. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything jumping off my screen at Saints, all. Saints, Browns, trash. Watch out for Titans and the Texans. I think the Texans can pull off an upset in that one for real. I don't, yeah, I'm not really seeing anything. Trash. <laughs> it's just so many trash games. Patriots versus Bengals. That can be an interesting one. Y'all already know when, when I pick the Patriots, I'm just picking them because of Bill. I think Bill can make some <laughs> shit shake with this. I think Bill can make some shit shake, man. You know, he's going to take away your best option and make you play left-handed. So this might be his first time playing against Bill, too. And that's I an experience so. for any quarterback playing against Bill for the first time. So I think I think it's going to be way closer than what a lot of people are expecting. But let's start off with picks of the week. Thursday night football, we have Jaguars versus the Jets. Give me the Jags, man. Full speed ahead. T-Law yes, got them boys sir. looking crazy. I got the Jags. A one-point spread on Bovada, so they got this one being a super tight game. I think it's going to be and close, it's, too. It's crazy because I think over the last seven to eight weeks, Trevor Lawrence is leading in damn near every QB efficiency category, which is wild. He's literally first in, like, three to four main categories. You know, I love that for my man. He had that four-week stretch when he was looking shitty, but that man been looking all right the last few weeks. So definitely shout out to my man. I got the for Jags sure. for sure. Uh Bengals versus Patriots. Uh I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Patriots at the crib. I just talked that shit about Mac Jones. I, I'm going to go with the pass on this one. I'm going to go with the pass on this one. I, I just feel like Bill is going to make some shit shake, bro. I think the defense is really going to step up to the plate. But I got a two-hour Wednesday about the Bengals that I'm going to get to. But just for this matchup, I got the I got the, I got the Patriots. Bills versus the Bears. Uh, Bills. Oh, yeah, for sure, Bills. Falcons versus the Ravens. Oh, my God. Give me the damn Ravens. I was about to say, dog. And you fucked me up last week. I knew when you picked the Falcons, them niggas was going to lose. I should have switched my goddamn pick. Because I knew when you picked them, they was going to lose. But yeah, I got the damn Ravens, bro. (laughs) I got the Ravens. Damn. I was like, fuck me up. Giants versus Vikings. Uh, 
Give me the Vikings. Yeah, I got the Vikings. Lions versus Panthers. Uh, Lions. Yeah, I got the Lions. Lions been looking good too, boy. Yeah. Yes, sir. The Lions just beat the Jets too. So the Lions, boy, one of the hottest teams in the league for sure. Uh, Saints versus the Browns. <laughs> give me Deshaun. Deshaun back, my nigga. Give me my nigga Deshaun. Man, I said that two weeks in a row. That man was Deshaun ass. won last week. What? What you mean? No, I'm talking about the two weeks before that. <laughs> I picked Shit, him. I picked, I picked him last that. week. You picked the Ravens last week? What last week? When they played the they Browns? Picked. Yeah. I picked. Did I pick the Ravens? I think no, I picked the Browns. Browns. That's what I'm saying. What yeah, you tripping on? Because he lost both of those. I I picked him when he first came back against the Texans. He was rusty. He was rusty. And then I picked him the week right after that. I forgot who rusty. they played right after the Texans. My nigga good this now. Past, this past week when I didn't pick him, dub. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And Deshaun, we uh, trust. I think they it's still an outside chance that they make the playoffs too, because everybody in the damn AFC starting to look who's at the bottom of it. But I got the Browns. Give me the Browns. Give me the I got Browns. the Browns. Seahawks versus Chiefs. Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Texans versus the Titans. Uh I'll take the Texans. <sighs> nigga, pick the Titans, nigga. I need to catch up with y'all niggas. I got the Texans. <laughs> I also got the Texans. Oh, actually, I think Derrick Henry might run crazy on them boys. Actually, I'll take the Titans. I'll take the Titans. Because the Texans had the worst rushing defense, and you're playing against the best running back. Commanders versus 49ers. Uh, 49ers. Easily 49ers. Eagles versus Cowboys. I got the Eagles, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Garden Minshew, whoever it may be. I don't give a damn where a quarterback. I'm going to go with the Eagles. And them boys on the road. I want to see if that going to fold under pressure again. I got the Cowboys, bro. No Jalen Hurts, most likely. I got the Cowboys winning this game. Raiders versus Steelers. <sighs> I picked the Raiders against the damn Patriots, and they almost did it. Uh, Well, not almost. They, they did, did it. Yeah, they but, did it. But they did it on accident. <laughs> um, <laughs> them niggas blew another lead this week too. Them niggas was that's up by like saying. ten. Like, they blew another it was lead. Up by, no, it was up by seventeen. I think it was up by seventeen. I don't know if that. I think they was up by double digits though. They was for sure up by double digits. Uh, oh wait, no, they just had seventeen. That's what it was. They yeah. just had seventeen. I'll go with the Raiders again, bro. I'll go with them again. Damn. I got to go with the Raiders, too, because I don't like the Steelers. But that Steelers defense is crazy, though. That Steelers did. TJ Watt back. Mm. Just do the one that makes sense. Is Mr. Trubisky still playing quarterback? But they playing against the Raiders. Matter. Raiders got to try to <laughs> I would say it shouldn't matter. I'm going with the Steelers. I got the Steelers on this one. Wow. I got the Steelers. Packers versus Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins. For sure, Dolphins. Broncos versus Rams. This game could go either way, which is very shocking. <laughs> uh, I got the Broncos. The Rams, that defense though. crazy. 
I got the Broncos. Give me the Rams. I don't usually trust Baker, but I, I damn sure ain't picking the Broncos. You see how that boy looked yesterday? Garbage can. You already know how that nigga go. It's right, two I, garbage cans. I'm just, I'm just picking one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but one has an elite defense, though. That's why I'm rocking with the Broncos. Uh, Buccaneers versus Cardinals Sunday night football. This is going to be a terrible Sunday night football game, right? Because <laughs> the Cardinals got a backup quarterback, and then the Bucs are just ass. I think. I think somebody at my job said they might try to flex that game. They should flex this game. They should where they don't play for Sunday night. Um, damn. The hockey might be too late. Yeah, I, I think it's too late. Um, yeah, it's too late. Damn. I got the Bucks, bro. Y'all finna win this game. I said that last week. <laughs> no. We was I in the lead the whole first half. I picked the Bucks. I picked the Bengals last week. Y'all niggas wasn't beating the Bengals. Give me the Bucks. <laughs> All I right, bro. So unenthusiastic. <laughs> That's how the season been, bro. I understand it. It's crazy because my my uh, my god brother, he is a season ticket holder for the Bucks this season. So he's been going to all of these home games and every home yep. game. Disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. He it's left one life. of the games early, and that's when they ended up coming back. Was that the game against the Saints? That when was they the ended Saints up coming game. Back? He ended up leaving early and had to listen on the radio to the comeback. But every other every, game he stayed for, they lost. Damn near everybody who left either tried to hurry up and run back to their seats or they was just out and they just they couldn't come back in because they already exited the, the stadium. And mm. I was because I always stay. Whenever I go, I stay the whole time. Like we can mm. get, be getting blown out. We could be blowing somebody out. It could be a tight game. I stay the entire time, every time. Mm-hmm. So. And then lastly, we got Chargers versus Colts. Chargers, I swear to God, the Colts better not get these niggas a game. I swear. Bro, I feel I like if Chargers, this was bro. a black quarter, or not black quarterback, but a black coach, he would have been firing on Sunday, bro. It's no way you let <laughs> Jeff Saturday walk into that locker room and coach this team for the rest of the season. I don't care if he's an interim head coach, bro. This nigga just had the biggest comeback of all time <laughs> happen against him. And y'all let this nigga coach the next week? Y'all let that nigga get walk to the locker room? That shit nuts, bro. If he was but black, he had two upsets under his belt this season, too. He got two well, upsets. upsets. I don't remember that nigga having an upset, bro. Any game I'm... that he's coached this season <laughs> has been an upset. Like, he has no... Because he's had some leads in games where he's blown them. I remember that But twice. he has, like... He has like two dubs under his belt. Two to three dubs, I think. Under his I think belt. he has one dub under his belt. Hell no. Let me see. Then I he think he got two. one dub under his belt, bro. There's no way he got two dubs. Because they four and I think they had three wins before he was hired. He has one dub. Oh, damn. Nah. Yeah, they got one dub. One dub while that nigga's been there. That's what I said. Them niggas ain't been doing shit, bro. The Jeff Saturday Colts are shitty. Hey, but they, they done pushed the Eagles to only a one-point victory. We get, yep. There's no moral victories in this. <laughs> get your ass out of here. You blew a 33 point. I can't respect it. You got came back on biggest comeback of all time, bro. I can't have a respect for you, bro. You got to get your ass out of there, bro. For sure. All right, man. Moving on to the NBA topics. Actually, before we move on to NBA, just want to say shout out to everybody with uh, the college football. Bowl games have been going on this week, but we're not really going to dive into college football until we get to the real games. Until we get yeah, to the college every- football playoffs. Everybody, what's the criteria to get a damn bowl game nowadays, bro? Like six, bowl six games, wins. 
Bowl games don't mean shit anymore, bro. That's like, why they expanded the college football playoff because they want more games to matter. That's also why they expanded it. But you could just not give this many people bowl games at the same time. Like that too. But I feel like you, you somebody has to get appreciation, bro. You've done, you've worked all season for bro, this. You gotta work. It has to are, be a goal. It has to be a goal ahead. There is over the 40. There is over 40 bowl games, which means over 80 teams are playing That's not that in many, bowl bro. games. That's not that many. That's wild. That's not that many. That is because it's, it's only is there's only two to three that matter. 40. Like I said, there has to be a goal because if we take away certain bowl games, what the fuck am I playing for? If I'm there like on a mid ass Idaho, game? there is an Idaho potato bowl, bro. It don't matter. Like, you're not there has you're to not be understanding something that I'm, I'm striving for. It has to be something I'm striving for. What are you striving for? You got six wins. What you like, mean? That's all I said. There has to be levels to this shit. If I'm a trash team and we get six wins for the first time in ages, nigga, I want to go to a bowl game, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's not on good teams for their whole career. Sometimes you're on a trash team, and when you get six wins one year, you want to actually feel like, damn, we did some shit. Let's celebrate with a bowl game. You know what I'm saying? We just can't look at the high tier of teams and say, oh, and then a bowl you game lose is whatever. The trash ass bowl game that you get. Now, what do you celebrate? But, but you work toward that goal of getting to a bowl game, even if you got six or seven wins. You work to get that. I don't, I don't know, bro. I feel like I don't know. I'm I'm cool with the Cotton Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Toast. Those are the bowl. big bowl games, bro. They have to That's be more. That's what I'm saying. That. The the Sugar Bowl, like I'm used to the six to seven main bowls that we know about, and then everybody else take y'all ass home. Plain and simple. That's we've all never been like this. We've never been like this. Why are we going to change this now when it's never been like this? There but more the saying, other games so can be more important. More bowls. There's just huh? so many more bowls than there've just ever been. Like there's a there's a Acrosure bowl and like bro, there's bowls that like if I gave you the name we of some of these bowls, we can't like, question a bowl like, because of the sponsor of it. That's just a sponsor. It's a, it's a bowl is a bowl. It's the lack of importance. And yeah, the play, some of these players don't even want to play in these bowls. So it's on. It's the that's that only for the high tier teams, bro. We uh, you are talking from a UF and LSU perspective. You're not looking at the teams that are scraping to get six wins, bro. Like the Georgia Techs, how excited they would be to actually get to a bowl game because, damn, we actually good this year. Or a team like Vanderbilt, who ain't won shit in a long time, actually get to a bowl game. Them niggas is actually good. Like those teams like that, when they get the six wins, they want to feel like, damn, I got to a bowl game. Like that's some successful shit. Like the disappointing seven and five teams where they should have been like 10 and six or 10 and two or whatever, like the UFs or the LSUs. Yeah, we can say fuck them teams. But the teams that really work to get those six wins that are not used to winning, they deserve to go to a bowl game. They deserve to go to a bowl game. I guess. You can't, you can't take that away from them, bro. You can't take that away from them. 20 minutes later. I really like didn't feel Bob, a way about it. That's like that Bob Cousy shit you was talking about. Why are people still mentioning Bob Cousy? Like, we just... I get it. He was good for the time that he played. Just good. I ain't gonna give no better word than that. He was mm-hmm. good for the time that he played, and people like Mad Dog and other motherfuckers like that, they keep mentioning his name like he was this prominent player, and he's on the NBA Top 75 list, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. which makes absolutely no sense. Because for his fourth, no, let's, let's respect Legends now. For his time, he was that nigga. 
But it's like, nigga, when you look back, it's like, all right, nigga, you couldn't compete on this level. Before his time, he was that nigga. So you you can't do that shit. See, that's why Adam yeah. Silver got a brain. See, you the reason Adam Silver did this shit. Niggas like you ain't respecting the legends, my nigga. That's, you, you the, oh my yeah. god. No, no, not you're I, coming in I, defense I talk, of Bob I Cousy. talk shit about Bob Cousy, but I understand the impact he had in the past. But he's still shitty compared to everybody that's come since him. So how's he in the top seventy-five? Because for his time, you got to respect what he did in his time. Why is Bill is he Russell better in than, that top is, group? Is he better than any player who was snubbed? Is he better than the top three or four players that were snubbed? You can't that? do that, bro, because then you're comparing eras. You're comparing different eras. You're comparing somebody like Kyrie to Bob Cousy. It's like, damn, we, how can you compare that? When that was well, like, damn, are we doing years. this off of the best players that to was ever play the game? Years or are we of doing difference. This? That was 50 years of difference, bro. Are we doing this off a of cultural impact or are we doing this off of who really and you want was to talk the about cultural impact? Bob rock. Cousy was cultural impact, bro. The nigga was one of the best players in the games in the 60s, bro. I can't take that away from him. Just compared to now, he's not that guy. But you got to respect what he did in the 60s. So so when do we count the factor of who was really some of the best people to play the game? Like, that, that means we're not treating every person who gets in on the same level. Like, we're putting these people in because culturally they need to be in here. But we're putting these people in because they really that dog and they was really the best at what they were doing. Like, no, we're not Kuzi putting was people the in best, the same though, bro. That's what I'm telling you. Kuzi was the best for his time. You just can't say comparing them to Kyrie when Kuzi was the best of his time, bro. You got to respect. That's why I said you can't compare era to era. Like, you can't compare a nigga like Kuzi to a nigga like Kyrie. But that's a 50-year difference in between that. Man, I ain't I ain't trying to hit none of that shit. <laughs> That's a 50-year difference, bro. You got to respect them niggas from the 60s. Because why, why is Bill Russell in the top goddamn 75? And we not respect the niggas from the 60s. He's done a lot more cultural shit than goddamn Bob Cousy. But if you're talking about playing basketball, why that cultural shit matter? We just talking about hooping. What has Kyrie done culturally for him to be in the he top got... 75? What has Kyrie done culturally? Yeah, culturally for him to be in the top 75. Oh, I'm talking about off talent. But that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm telling you. That cultural (laughs) shit does not matter. We're just going by damn talent and what they did in their era of basketball. I I just, it's not making sense. Clay Thompson doesn't get to be in the top 75. Bro, it's no way you put a nigga like Clay over a nigga like Bob Cousy, who was one of the best of his era, bro. Clay Thompson is a top five shooter all time, but he's not. Nigga, Bob Cousy was one of the best point guards of all time, bro. Let's not do that. Is he a top five? is he a yes. top five posi- at his position all time? Bro, if you when you compare the niggas like now, but he was the first of his kind, bro. Anybody who is top five in their position automatically needs to be on the list. So how is Clay Thompson? He was top five, list? bro. The nigga was the best of his era, bro. How was he not top five? He was the top, is he top five, five of his, all time. He was he the best of his time? era, bro. Yes. If you want to compare era to era, bro, which I said you cannot do, he was the best of his era. He was the best point guard. Probably in the first 20 years of the NBA. So why what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Niggas so like Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is like one of the best players now. Is, is Clay Thompson even a top 20 player in the NBA now? Fuck is no. He a, is he a top is 20 he a top five player? Shooter all no. He's a, he a he's a good shooter. shooter. He's a good shooter. Is Glenn Rice the in the top 75 because he's a good shooter? He has the rings. He was part of a dynasty and he's top five in his position. Bob Cousy has rings. Bob Cousy was the first of his kind. All of that shit. You can say all that shit about Bob Cousy. And Clay was never a top 25 player in the NBA. Never. He was just a good shooter. He was never a top 25 player in the NBA. 
Let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. It's it's always been better players than Clay in the NBA, but he was riding that Steph coattail. So Clay he was, was one never of the best shooters of all 25 players. No. You're going to no. sit here and name 25 no. players and Clay Thompson. Nigga, if I went through the years, if players. I went through the years, nigga, yes. If I went through the years, nigga, yes. There's 20 to 25 players better than Clay Thompson every year. We'll do a poll. We'll do a poll on that. Don't worry. Come on, bro. There's 20 to 25 players so better than Clay Thompson. You're saying throughout his entire year, career, bro. up to now, he's every never year. Been a top 25 player. Every year. Okay. Don't worry every about it. Every year. We're gonna do a poll. Every year. You can say he was, what, 25, 26? But how does that put you? This is my point. How does a, a barely top 25 player of his time get into the top 75? But, but I disagree with you. I disagree. He's been a top 10 player. Even when you're a top 20 player. throughout his career. Even when you're a top 20 player of all time, how the fuck does that put you in the top 75? Because That's like saying Paul George is not in the top 75. When it comes to shooting the basketball and helping the change fuck? the evolution, you're comparing him to a nigga game. like Bob Cousy, who was the best of his time, bro. Clay Thompson was never the best of his time, never. When Bob Cousy was the best of his time, bro, Bob you can't Cousy take that away from that nigga. The best of his time. What? What you mean? He was, he was the best of his the time. Best. He may have he, been one of the best. He, he was, was never the best, the best of his time, bro. All these awards are named after him for a reason, bro. Nigga was the best of his time. It was him and Oscar fucking Robinson, bro. Nigga was the best of his time. Let's not do that shit. That's why I said you niggas don't respect legends. Even though Former when you compare them to niggas like, like now. Bob Cousy, but you bad enough for Bob Cousy. Cause, cause you Former NBA players don't even fuck with Bob Cousy right, right now. Acting like he shouldn't be top 75 when he was the best of his era. Comparing him to a nigga like Clay. You said he should be top, top 20. Clay was you barely top 20. You said he shouldn't be top 75. You're telling I me did not, bro. That. Bob Cousy was a legend. I never said that shit. I you never did. said he should be top twenty five. It was very upset niggas, that he made the cut the and end. other niggas didn't. It was other. No, Bob Cousy is a legend, bro. I never. You were said upset that. that Bob Cousy I, made I the cut top seventy five and other players didn't. I never you were said upset that. about that. You I never said word. that. It was, was other niggas person. in question, like damn Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis were the ones in question, bro. Yeah, we it was never niggas. It was never niggas like Bob. Bob is solidified, bro. You literally what? said, who the fuck is Bob Cousy? I remember you saying what? this. What? Nah, bro. That didn't come this. out of my mouth, my nigga. Oh, my God. When you compare you him to a nigga Bob like Cousy Clay. On several occasions, bro. I'm not going to let you do this. You compare you him to a nigga like Clay, who was barely top 20 of his time? You're you're what? speaking wild on Clay Thompson right now, and it's crazy. You're speaking I'm speaking wild. wild. Bro, talent-wise, is that nigga better than all of these two guards that are in the league right now? All of these point guards, all of these centers? He's not never now. been top 20. He's never not been now. top 20. He's never been top 20, bro. Top okay. 20? What, top 20 player in the league? Yes. Clay Thompson has been a top 10 player in the league. What are you talking about? Hey, go, don't let me shut this podcast off, bro. In the middle no, of the Don't dynasty, let me turn this podcast In the on, middle bro. of the Warriors dynasty, Clay Thompson was not a top 20 player, not a top 25? Quincy had to walk away, y'all. It's okay. He don't want to hear the truth. We'll do a poll. Don't worry. We're going to go on Twitter. We're going to do a poll. And we're going to ask. And we're we going to go on Instagram, too. And we're going to ask, has Klay Thompson ever been a top 25 player throughout his entire career? I guarantee you everyone will say yes. Quincy being disrespectful as hell right now, saying not even top 25. You can say not top 10. But to say you can name throughout Klay Thompson's entire career, every single year of his career, you can name 25 players better than him? You're talking crazy right now. 
And you the fans are going to agree. You just said Clay Thompson was a top 10 player of his time. I said there were points in his career where he was top he 10. He was never top 10, bro. He was never top 10. When the fuck has Clay Thompson been so top 10? every season, with niggas, every with niggas like Jimmy Butler, played, with not, niggas like never... Jimmy Butler and Paul George in front of him, niggas like Clay are top 10, top 15? No. No fucking way you going to tell me Clay You're Thompson was better than those type splash, of niggas, bro. The other splash brother was not a top 10 or even top No, top he was not. I'll That's clearly crazy. say that. No, That's he crazy. is not. No, he is not. The fuck? Y'all niggas crazy. Y'all niggas crazy, dog. I, I can't do this shit, bro. So I, I got a good question for you. Was Dirk ever a top 25 player throughout his career? Easily, nigga. Okay. okay. Was, easily. Easily. So, so you'll give it to Dirk, but you won't give it to Clay. Bet. Why are you comparing niggas like Dirk? Bro, this nigga Clay was a fucking nigga riding coattails of Steph Curry. If you put Clay Thompson as the best player on the team, this nigga ain't doing shit. Dirk was a nigga who took down the championship heat, my nigga. Fuck are we comparing? The fuck are we comparing? Dirk wasn't just a good shooter, my nigga. He was the best player on championship that. teams. Fuck are we comparing? And Clay Thompson was one of the best two players on a championship. No, bro, okay, you see how you said two players? Nigga, Dirk was a different level. Do not do that shit, bro. Do not do that shit, bro. Do not. I fuck with Dirk. Do not do that shit. Dirk was that too. nigga. Changed the game. Too. You talk about cultural impact. That, that is Dirk personified. Not this nigga Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is a great shooter. Excellent. Great defender. But no, he was not top 20 at his time. I can name you better players for sure. And he damn sure was not top 10. I'm not letting you get that off. There have been several seasons where Klay Thompson was a top 10 defender and a top two to three shooter in the league at the same time, but you're not a top 25 overall player? The numbers aren't adding up, Quincy. Like, what your you numbers are about? not adding You said up. he was a top 10 player of his time. You said he was a yes. top 10 player in certain years. He was never that. He was a nigga that was riding Steph's coattails and was winning because of Steph. If so he does every not have stuff, season, this nigga ain't this type of player, bro. Every single season that Klay Thompson has been in the league, not once has he been a top 25 player in the league. That's what you Oh, saying. yes. It probably was one or two years, but nigga, his whole time? That's literally been my whole you just said whole You time. just said Klay was a top 10 player of his time in a couple of years, bro. When was that? When was he I top didn't... 15? I can name you better players. You're comparing them to niggas like you. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player. This nigga I Paul George is a top 10 player. I asked you multiple times, every single season of Clay's career, he's never been a top one 25 player. One season or two seasons? Probably. No, but you said he was that. a top 25 player of his time. Bro. I'm talking about from 2011 from right now. You can say, oh, after adding everything up, he was a top 25 player of his time. Fuck no. There have been way better players that would be in front of Clay if we're talking about an 11-year span, which has been his career. He's not been consistently a top 25 or top 20 player in his league. I cannot get that to you. Has it been a couple of years? For sure. But I'm not going to give you that he was consistently a top 20 to 25 player. Nah. I'm not giving you that, bro. I highly Damn. disagree. And we'll do a poll on it. We'll we can definitely do a Don't poll worry. on that, bro. Niggas overrate Clay respectfully because he's a splash brother because he wins championships, which is congratulations. But you're not better than players that are better than you, more skilled than you, but you're winning championships. That doesn't make you a better player. That's just like, just because a nigga like, uh, for example, Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen isn't better uh, uh, better than Charles Barkley because he has more championships. Charles Barkley is still the better player. I don't care how many championships he doesn't have. 
Barkley is the better player than Pippen. And I feel like that's the conversation that we're having. Even though he has championships, that doesn't but make I him better anybody than was, But I doubt anybody would say Scottie Pippen wasn't a top 25 player. Like of his, of his time, year, for sure. Of his time. For sure. But there weren't as many skilled players that we got in the league right now, bro. There's not as many skilled players. It's niggas I could put above Clay now, nigga. There's niggas I could put above Clay. With all these centers, all this skill around, we saying Clay putting, we putting Clay over them. And we and we got you were comparing Clay, who is a number two on his team, to a nigga like a number one on somebody else's team making shit shake for that team. That's what we're comparing. So even though Scottie Pippen was that nigga in his time, it's a different level of skill in the league, bro. Where somebody who's a number two, I can't put you over these other number ones who are just as skilled as you, bro. I can't. I cannot. That's just how I think about shit. So I nah, I can't. All right, and moving on to the topics that we got for this week. We got what is right with the New York Knicks. Currently, they are on a seven-game winning streak. They have been going crazy. Uh, Quentin Grimes came back from an injury a few weeks ago, and they've been going on a tear ever since. R.J. Barry has been playing way better. Julius Randle has been playing way better. What is right with the New York Knicks? Uh, I think they're at that push right now in the regular season that they usually go on. Uh, we usually see this from the Knicks over the last three to four years now, how the regular season, they're running gun, you know, full four-court press a lot with their plays, a lot of offensive movement. So this is what we usually see right now at this point over the last couple of years with the Knicks. During the regular season, they can run with the best of them offensively and defensively. Uh, I, I think it's just what we're used to seeing at this point. It's later in the season where we have to say, Okay, what's going on with the Knicks now? But what's right with the Knicks, they usually are at this point of the season. The, the thing that is good about the Knicks, and the, the fans honestly have been screaming it for a year or a year and a half at this point, Tibbs is finally playing the young guys, and Tibbs is finding out that he got some young, he got some dogs on his side, bro. Quentin Grimes is a dog. And then you're also playing Miles McBride, who was a dog. He's actually finding out that these young boys can play now, and that's the difference, bro. I mean, the team is basically the same outside of that. Julius Randle's still there. Barrett's still there. Robinson is still there. Obviously, you got the influx of Jalen Brunson, which they also needed. They needed a real point guard, something that they were missing last year. He has made a significant difference in this team. But I think the real difference has been Quentin Grimes and uh, Miles McBride. Defensively, what they do to teams that's why we're seeing such a difference. I mean, we're going to look at the game right now with uh, the Golden State Warriors and the New York Knicks. Yeah, they're up by like almost 20 right they're now. They're up by 27. Even though Golden State is missing a couple of key players, still doing that to a Golden State team with that type of system in place just shows you how much defensive talent that them that the, the Knicks have now. I mean, R.J. Barrett is a good defender. Now you add Grimes to that. You got a rim protector in Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks have a good core, bro. They have a good core when he finally plays the young guys and actually let them play for a significant amount of time. We're seeing what the Knicks can be. They have talent. We just didn't see it last year because he wasn't playing. Now he's playing. And, and I think Jalen Brunson is a huge factor in, and like Quincy said, of the burst that they have right now. Jalen Brunson was my pick for most improved player this year. I think he's building a strong case right now. He averaging 20 points. I want to say three rebounds, six assists. And uh, he he has a pretty good player efficiency, too, whenever he's on the floor based off of how much the other team scores. So I think Jalen Brunson is still at the forefront of players for um, most improved player this year. And I think it's helping the Knicks with 
the second unit with the way they flow with that and just the way it complements the the stars on the team. So I think the Knicks are fine right now. Can they keep it up? That is the question. When it comes later into the season and even into the playoffs, are they just going to get sent home in the first round again, or are they actually going to, you know, make something shake with it? So that's a good question. But just saying, seeing if they can uh, can sustain it, I think they can sustain it for sure. And I think Brunson was the point guard that they've been missing for the past couple of years. Even that year when they overachieved, they were a fourth seed in the Eastern Conference and they played the Hawks in the first round. They needed a point guard like him because they were putting too much in the hands of somebody like R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle to make plays. Now they don't have to do that anymore because now they have a true point guard that can get everybody their shots. Oh, Quentin Grimes, I know when to give you a couple of shots. R.J. Barrett, I know when I need to give you shots. Julius Randle with the pick and roll, I know when to dish it off to you. When having a point guard like that, it just makes it so much easier for everybody else. Even though R.J. Barrett had a, a very good year last year, he was just on ball way too much. Now when he's playing off ball, he's freed up. He can be a spot-up shooter at points. He can still take it off the dribble, so it just opens up his game way more. And he can focus on the defensive side of the ball even more as well because he we know that he can do that at a high level too. So when you add all of those ingredients up, bro, we have an excellent, not an excellency, but we have a good team in the New York Knicks that is rising. That is really rising at this point. That is going to continue to get better throughout the year. So the I, I think if everyone stays healthy on the Knicks, bro, I think they can actually do something in the playoffs this year. I think I don't think there'll be a first round exit this year. I think they can make a strong push for um for what you call it for. I feel like the Knicks can be that scary team that we talk about later. It may not be right now. It may not be one of our dark horses right now. But they could be a dark horse for the Eastern Conference Finals if healthy. If they stay healthy, they can make that much of a push. So I'll I'll keep whoa, them in the whoa, dark. Whoa, 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 They can, bro. I'm telling you. I wouldn't go that far now, nigga. It's two, that's it's still two hand dogs in that conference now. But I'm saying that's why I said they're a dark horse. They're they're in the dark horse category right now for Eastern Conference Finals. I don't have them going any further than that, but – as long as they stay healthy and continue playing the way that they are, we're going to have this conversation again. Come after All-Star break, come around March, we're going to have this conversation again. You overrating them niggas, dog. You say nah. conference finals? You were just questioning if they can get past there, the first round. There were, there were dark. I'm saying that's the question we usually have for them. Can they make it past the first round? And that's the question we'll probably ask later down the line. But I'm saying if they stay healthy, and they keep playing the way that they're playing, they're already on, what you call it, they're already six right now. If they continue playing the way they're playing and stay in that fourth, fifth, and sixth range, is it really crazy for us to say they're a dark horse for the conference finals? No, I don't think so. Like, not a dark horse. Like, if if I say favorite, okay. But a dark horse, no, that's not crazy at that point. If come March, they're still in that fourth, fifth, sixth range, and they're playing the way they're playing. I think the East is pretty easy, bro. When you talk about the Boston Celtics and the Bucks, even when you talk about dark horses, I mean, Cleveland and the 76ers is honestly a stretch to me when I talk about dark horses. Like, everybody else after that is kind of like, y'all ain't doing anything. Like, the Nets, I don't think are doing anything. The Knicks, Heat, Hawks, I don't think they're on those levels as the four teams I named prior, bro. I honestly don't. Even So even when I talk about dark horses, the Knicks still wouldn't come up. The Knicks are a fun story. They're playing good now. But when you talk about playing the big dogs, even when we talk about dark horses, 
I still couldn't put them in that conversation. I still couldn't put it. But it's a good season what they're having out of. I give them a lot of credit for that. And shout out to Tom Thibodeau once again for finally listening to somebody. Because I still feel like to start the season off, he did not want to play these young guys. And then and Grimes was also hurt in the beginning of the year after having a great summer league. But actually getting Grimes back, he started to play him. And playing McBride way more has made a huge difference, bro. Huge difference in his team. So definitely shout out to, to the Knicks right now. And moving on to the next topic, we got Disconnect in Chicago. So it was a report that came out this week. I think it came out today, actually, that the there is a disconnect between DeMar DeRozan and Levine. Levine is not seeing eye to eye with the Bulls organization. Mind you, the Bulls just signed Levine to a five-year contract this offseason. So like, they're kind of stuck with him at this point. Obviously, they can trade him for whatever. But it's kind of tough to trade somebody of that magnitude so early into that contract. As we see with the Shams report here, he just dove dove into like it's a disconnect at the recent game with the Minnesota Timberwolves, which I think was a couple of days ago. Uh, They it was a couple of players that ended up confronting Levine to his face in the locker room during halftime, like really going at him for his lack of play why he isn't playing as hard, like his energy on the court just wasn't up to the par that his teammates wanted to see it at. And they were questioning, you know what I'm saying, his toughness and uh, his play. And like after that, uh, there was just more questions. And they also said throughout the season, there were a lot of team meetings that were trying to really rectify the situation, trying to bring the team together, but nothing has really worked. And that's why we're seeing such a roller coaster from the Bulls to start the season. Currently, they're like 11 and 17. Things are not looking up at this point, especially with this report coming out today. So, Edgar, what is the next step for the Bulls? Is it blowing up? I think we talked about this like a couple of weeks ago. Like, is the, yeah. is the Bulls time to blow it up? Yeah, we, we just talked about this. Um, And like Quincy said, the Bulls are currently in 11th place. They're 11 and 18, and they've only won three out of their last 10. So, the fact that Levine has so many – he has so much more time left on his contract. He just signed. You, I don't think if you're the Bulls, you you can't trade him right now. Like, it just – financially, it just wouldn't make sense for you. You basically gave him this big-ass contract to go, you know, spend it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Like, so if you're, if you're the Bulls, you're not trying to let him go. But do you really want your best player being a locker room cancer? The best player can't also be the locker room cancer, bro. Because they're not going to feel like they have to make any adjustments. The fact that you have actual players coming up to them at halftime during the game, it's not like the game is over and they ain't got to go back out there. They're doing this in the middle of the game, and they've already tried to do offseason stuff. I I really wonder what's going on. What's causing Levine to not want to play, to make Mm -hmm. him lazy, to get him in that mindset of, I'm all right with just doing good enough. And they're mm-hmm. not even doing just good enough because they're not even in a in a playoff spot if the playoffs started today. You know, mm-hmm. so at least if they were like the seventh seed, you know, he could at least say, hey, we playoff bound at least. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The fact that they damn near fighting for a lottery spot if they keep playing the way they're playing, like I I don't understand it, bro. And and this is why I had no clear answer when we talked about this the first time, because I don't know what the issue is. But now we know the issue at this point is Levine. But mm-hmm. now we have to get more internal with it and figure out why the issue is him. Why is he being lazy? Why does he not have that dog in him to, you know, want to play tough, to want to play 
fast, quick, no matter what seed they are. So mm-hmm. now that's what we have to figure out. At first, I didn't know what the hell they should do because we didn't know the problem. Now we know the problem, but we got to figure out what they need to do to solve it. Yeah. I think they have to blow it up. Whether that's uh, keeping Levine and blowing up everything around them, just tanking for Wemby. I've said it before. I still think trading DeRozan. I think the, the beef is between Levine and DeRozan. I think everything will come together if you get DeRozan out of that locker room because it's a, it's a divide in the locker room, bro. Now it feels like a lot of players have to pick sides. So if DeRozan is on this way and Levine is on this way, it's like it's always going to be this divide in the locker room. You have to trade one of them. Since you just signed Levine to this big contract, you cannot trade Levine. You can trade Levine. It just would be difficult because of the amount of money that he will be making over the next few years. But Lamar is somebody who his contract is more tradable right now. And I think teams will want somebody like Lamar. He's healthier than Levine as well. So I think there are still opportunities in that direction. And if you tank for somebody uh, like Wemby or Scoot Henderson, you can get a, a good player this year. I think tanking is their only option. You're already in 11th place. Why not just blow it up? Like, you're not getting better from here. Like Lonzo isn't coming back any soon to rectify this situation. Caruso has been healthy this whole year, and he hasn't done anything to really uh, justify keeping this thing together. Like, you just got to blow it up. There's nothing really going up for this team. You just signed Billy Donovan to a contract extension. Nothing else can change except, like, everybody else except Levine and Billy Donovan. Like, everything else has to change around them. So, you got to blow it up, bro. Got to blow it up. But it's a crazy situation because I wouldn't think Levine was getting that type of treatment in the locker room because I yep. would have figured that he was the first person in Chicago. People will probably rally around him more so than DeMar because yep. he's been there longer. But Lamar obviously has been in the league longer. He's a veteran. He had a great season last year. So we're seeing that more teammates are siding with Lamar in this situation and are treating Levine more so like an outcast. And DeMar has just always been that player that people like. He's always been that locker room guy that, hey, never had issues with people for real. Like Toronto, San Antonio, no matter what the record is, no matter if they winning or losing, DeRozan has never been of a deficit to the locker room and on any team that he's been on and any, you know, group of players that he's been in, like he, it's never been him. So I would be very shocked to find out that he's the reason why Levine acting the way he acting. But Mm -hmm. I I think based off of what the report says um, from Shams, I think it's just something that Levine got going on on his own. And it just so happens that he and the other best player on the team, DeRozan are bumping heads. Yeah. So this is a, a, a topic that we're going to have to keep up with because I think this is something that will obviously bleed into the trade deadline. I think one of these two players are getting traded. I think uh, people are already calling and are monitor- monitoring this situation right now. I'm here in Miami is looking at Levine and DeMar looking to give up anything to get up their hands on one of these scorers. So just got to keep your eyes open with it. And moving on to the next topic we have. Lillard, Damian Lillard just became the Blazers' all-time leading scorer, so definitely shout-out to Damian Lillard. But he came out with a comment this week that I want to dive into, saying that he scored 18,000 points in his career. He feels like his name should be up there, right behind Steph, when you talk about greatest shooters of all time. He sees himself as second, but nobody else really sees him in that light. They put Reggie Miller, they put Klay Thompson, they put all of these other players in front of him when Dame has been consistently spot-up shooting, catching shooting, you talk about off the dribble, has literally been up there when you talk about Steph, neck and neck. So is he the second-greatest shooter? 
of all time? I, I would say no. Um, I could honestly name like three to four people that I would have before Damian Lillard. Um, Steph, Clay, Ray Allen, shit, Kyle Korver, uh, Reggie Miller. And then you could probably start talking about Dame at that point. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like the confidence that he has because we all know Steph is the greatest. So obviously he can't come out and say I'm the greatest shooter all the time because like we all know what the answer is and who the person is for that number one spot. But I ain't mad at him for saying he's the second best. Like you're supposed to feel that way. You just became the all-time leading scorer of your franchise, and you have some of the most clutch moments, if not more the most clutch moments of any player probably in the last five to six years minimum you know so i ain't mad at him for feeling that way he got a he got somewhat of a case but there's just certain players i would never put him past when it comes to the best shooters of all time i got steph ray allen and it'll probably be a it's a toss-up between reggie and clay for that third spot oh shit niggas like to throw larry bird in the conversation too i think he a better shooter than larry bird you know, but people like throwing Larry Bird in the conversation too. So I don't think anybody would have him even as a top three or four greatest shooter. I would but have he him can be three. in that top ten. He in that top ten top list three. overall. I would have Damian Little top three because all of those players that you're naming, they're spot up shooters. And Damian Lillard does this shit off the dribble, just like Steph Curry does. Even though Steph Steph does a lot of that shit off uh screens. He can do it off the dribble as well. And I think that's something that should add to your best shooter case. He's not a catch-and-shoot player like mostly uh, Reggie Miller was or mostly Kyle Korver was or mostly Klay Thompson was. It should add to his repertoire that he was off the dribble, that he wasn't just somebody who could just do it off this uh, catch-and-shoot. I can do it while pulling up on somebody. I can do it off the screen. I can do it while fading away to the side. I think it's something that goes into just this shooter conversation. I think we just talk about shooters and think about catch and shoot. And I think we should be giving more credit to how they get these shots off and how they shoot the ball in different arrays that they should be getting more credit for. So I think Steph is clearly the number one. I would honestly have still have Clay number two, just because how elite he is and how consistent he's been for this period of time. But after that, I will put Damian Lillard number three, just because of how he does it how he gets his shots off and how consistently it has been for the past 10 years. So a damn would be number three for me, bro. Yes. We could talk about all these other players like Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, all that other players, but I think the way he does it adds to his case. And I think that's why I would have him at top three right now. So, uh, Definitely shout out to Dame, though. This is a big accomplishment. Getting yeah, 18,000 sure. points. Sure. A lot of people cannot reach 18,000, bro, no matter how long yeah. you're playing in the league. And this is something that he takes pride in, bro. And something that, something that J.J. Reddick was talking about, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and he said, it's a lot of players in this league that they don't win championships, but you still look at them as winners or champions, even though they don't have a championship. And that's, mm-hmm. oh, that's how I view Damian Lillard, bro. Like, even though he does not have a championship ring, I still view you as a winner and a champion for sticking it out with this team and for doing what you've done with this small market team. He's gotten him to the Western Conference Finals. He's been consistent. He's made them relevant. So I still view him as this winner and this champion, even though he doesn't have that ring to go along with it. I still have this mindset with him. So 
I, I give JJ a lot of credit for that because he brought up the point, but I, I agree with him wholeheartedly, though. I still several players that there, yeah. there's several players that we can look at like that. Like Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford ain't won nothing, but mm-hmm. we're gonna always bring up his name when it comes to handles, when it comes to crossovers, when it comes to everything. Like 10, 15 years from now, we still gonna mention Jay Crossover when it comes to who were some of the best players to really handle the rock. Russell Westbrook, you know, ain't got no ring, but He's an all-time, icon. I about to say all-time icon when it comes to, you know, the triple doubles. And, like, he was doing it so often that people just had to start discounting it because it was like, okay, you're doing this all the time. This ain't this ain't no big deal. But I said to Quincy a couple years ago, I was like, bro, if everybody could do it, they would they do would. it, bro. Like, mm-hmm. we, we have to give him his flowers for doing it because there were so many people criticizing him of, like, uh, the triple doubles aren't leading the wins, or he has yeah. got chip with the triple double. It's like, nah, bro. Now y'all just trying to just because a lot of these media people was building him up. Like, damn, he really gonna pass Oscar Robinson? And then he finally did it. He triumphed. What everybody was wondering if he was gonna do, and then they just started slighting it, saying, uh, it don't mean, and nah, he's just doing it just to do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, nah, like that's really something that is damn near impossible for most players in the league to do. To get mm-hmm. double digits in three categories every single night, like that's that's crazy. So there's multiple players. AI, AI changed the game, bro. Like he's the Michael Vick of the NBA, same way Michael Vick is the AI of football. Like mm-hmm. players who may not have never won anything, did you change the game? Even if you didn't change the game, were you such a dog that we literally have to mention your name when we talk mm-hmm. about some of the best players? Like that's what. Outside of championships, bro, that's what really matters. Are people going to remember you? You know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I remember a quote. I don't remember word from word, but um, in Creed two, this is why I say you got to watch the Creed movies. In Creed two, um, the the manager of the of the Drago fighter, he came up to Creed, Michael B. Jordan, and he was telling him he was like, "There've been like seventy world champions all time in boxing. How many people you think?" People really know for real what four, five, six, like just winning ain't enough. Like it's got to be something about you. It's got to mm-hmm. be something that 20, 30 years from now, like we remember Muhammad Ali. Like we know Mike Tyson. We we know Ray Jones Jr. I mean, Roy Jones Jr. Like we know these people. We, George Foreman, like six, seven, ten people at most you can name out of what 70 people that will probably hold that have held the belt before. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it's more than just the winning. It's more than just getting the chip. It's plenty of people that got chips. Like Robert Horry probably get mentioned every now and then. But how many people really talking about Robert Horry when we talk about rings? Now, for know, sure. unless you a diehard Lakers fan or you just somebody that loved the underdog like that, people ain't mentioning Robert Horry like that. But he got what seven rings, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, he so, definitely yeah. got him. All right, and uh, next week we will be doing the All-Stars. I think we're a quarter away through the season, or a little bit over the quarter of the way through the season. So we're going to make our All-Star predictions next week. And we're going to do one a little bit closer to the All-Star because I think voting just came out this mm-hmm. week. I think it just came yep. out today. So when we get closer to like the actual All-Star, we're going to make another one. But next week we're going to come out with our first round of All-Stars. And also, before we move on to Two Wild Wednesday, shout out to Lionel Messi. And Argentina for winning the World Cup. I didn't watch any of that shit, but definitely shout out to him. I know he's referred to as the GOAT. So definitely shout out to Bro, him. Bro, 
I want to say this. I want to say this for Quincy and anybody who did not watch that game, bro. You do not have to be a soccer fan to understand the impact of that game, bro. I tell people all the time, I only really kind of watch soccer when it's World Cup time. Because mm-hmm. if you really want to see how exciting soccer is, bro, you got to watch it when the best of the best are playing each other in elimination matches, bro. That's the only time I think soccer is really interesting. I do mm-hmm. not pay attention at any other point of the year. I don't even care for the Olympics for real. But the World Cup, when it's really like you got the country on your back. We love our teams here in America, city by city. You know, we Heat fans on Miami, mm-hmm. on Miami back. Just imagine, bro, you got the whole country depending on you to get this dub. Not only the whole country, but you got dogs out there, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I, I seen somebody tweet and say, bro, like, anybody who missed this game, to put it in layman's terms, it was like if we would have got to see Prime Braun and Prime Jordan play each other. Like, mm. that's how that Mbappe and Messi shit was. Because it's like, yeah. you already got Messi, who's the GOAT. But then you got Mbappe coming up where it's like, hey, he already better than Messi was. And he like half his, not half his age, but he like a third of his age. So mm-hmm. it's like you seeing, you seeing them battle it out, knock each other over, kick the ball away from each other, like get the penalty kicks, do mm-hmm. hat tricks. So, bro, the World Cup, definitely some shit you got to watch next time, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll ever see no shit like that. Because I'll yeah. put that shit on playback on YouTube if I was you and just mm-hmm. watch that shit. You don't even got to watch the whole game. Just yeah. watch like from from ninety from the 90th minute to the end of the game to the penalty kicks. I yeah. promise to God you're going to be like, damn, this shit. Because I heard it was a comeback in there. France was down like 2-0 or something like it that. They ended up coming 0. back. Then it was penalty kicks and all that type of shit. So I heard Mbappe and, was doing his thing. In a matter of two minutes, Mbappe got two goals. And for any mm-hmm. of y'all who have never watched soccer... That's that shit's crazy. You know how hard it is to just get one goal in a game. Mm-hmm. He got two goals in less than 160 seconds, bro. That's wild. I fuck with you too. Like, and he black. I definitely. Fuck I was with saying you. he black. So it's like <laughs> black people. Y'all got a y'all got a reason to watch now. I know we exactly. always looking, even though it's always black soccer players. But now we got like a real prominent black soccer player. He ain't from here, but it's like dang. I'm gonna, I know who I'm going to root for. If I get a soccer jersey, I know who I'm going to mm. get. If it ain't the Messi or Ronaldo jersey, I'm, I'm going to get that Mbappe. So. Yeah, it look like he next up for sure, bro. It look like he next up. All right, and moving on to Two Wild Wednesday. First one I got for this week is Zach Wilson should be the Jet starter for the rest of the season. Too wild or not too wild? Um, Too wild. I like Mike White better. Uh, I, I'm just not impressed with much that I've seen from Zach Wilson. Overall, his overall record this season ain't bad, but we know majority of the dubs came from what the defense could do and him just not mm-hmm. messing up. And Mike White just looks like the better quarterback. So Yep. I I fully agree. Too wild for sure. Uh, even though Zach Wilson did have a pretty solid game, it was still certain mistakes that he made this week that I feel like Mike White wouldn't have made. I feel like the mm-hmm. key thing about Mike White is that he doesn't turn the ball over. And that's honestly half the battle when you play the quarterback position. Like so much can be accomplished when you don't don't turn the ball over. And like key mistakes by Zach Wilson keep putting this team behind the eight ball. Like Edgar said, even though he has a good team record, it's still certain mistakes that once you get deeper into the season, it's going to cost you games, just like it cost him this game against the Lions. So I definitely agree with that. You got it. Uh, Mine, Uh, the Dallas Cowboys 
need to move on from Dak Prescott. Too wild or not too wild. I believe Dak is a free agent, unrestricted free agent in 2025 or 2026, but he has mm-hmm. a potential out year in 2024. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, man, are you are you looking for a backup quarterback? We seen what happened in Jacksonville. We seen the mistakes he was making late in that Houston game. And I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, it's like Dak is part of the problem. Like, mm-hmm. I know the defense ain't been stepping up in certain games, but we got to look at that like, bro, you got the money now, which I didn't think he deserved at the time. And I think it's coming to fruition to show that he didn't. But you got your money now. You got good enough wide receivers. You have a legendary defense with the best defensive player in football right now. And you have a semi-decent head coach. How can you not get it done? Too wild or not too wild, the Dallas Cowboys need to move on from that. Too wild. I don't think they should move on from Dak. This is the thing I will say about Dak. Dak is not the quarterback I thought he was going to be. Like, he's not a player that I think can overcome a lot. Like, he's not in that conversation like Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, those type. He's not those type of quarterbacks. Like, he's, like, fringe top 10 with, like, the, the Derek Carr-ass niggas, like, the Jimmy G. Like, he's more in that conversation than I will put him in, like, the elite conversation. So that's what I'll say. Like, a lot has to be uh, good around that for it to work. Like, we've seen in 2016 when he came into the league, like, we're seeing this year. I think a lot has to be right for Dak to succeed. So I don't think they should move on from him because how much better can you get from Dak would be my biggest question. If you get rid of Dak, are you getting one of those top seven quarterbacks in the league that are better than Dak? I don't think you are. Those those quarterbacks are locked up. And whoever is going to come in the draft, are they going to be better than Dak? Are you going to have a high enough pick to have an opportunity to draft a top draft pick? it's all about what do you have the opportunity to have? And I don't think they have the opportunity to get one of these top quarterbacks or get a top quarterback in the draft. So you're, you're stuck with that for a lack of a better term, but I still think he's a fringe top 10 and it it should work out enough. I say not too wild. He's shown plenty of times that he just can't get the job done, bro. Like, but where are you going from here? Where are you going? If you get rid of that, where are you going? Who are you going to? You got Dak in what the fourth round? Ain't like you got to get the first round pick if you the Cowboys. But Dak is an anomaly, bro. Niggas ain't stepping into the league for a round and being at that high of a level. I understand, but you don't need nobody to play at that high of a level if you're the Cowboys, though. You need just you just need somebody better than Dak. Whoa, like, let's just, not let's not act like Dak is this garbage can, nigga. Dak is doing it. Like I said, he's French top ten. He's, he's not French garbage, top 10. but. And let's not act like that game was on Dak. Dak played well. That mistake wasn't on him at the end of the game. That pick was on the wide receiver. So Dak isn't I, the one that's losing these games, bro. He plays a part in it. I ain't going to say he the sole reason. I don't reason. think he plays a I think that defense, we supposed to hold them to a higher standard. And like I said, we, we have to. We just have to. And I think I have to uh, take a step back as well of like, instead of viewing him as one of the elite, we just have to view him. As a game manager, once we put our mind in that state, I think we'll have more, not appreciation, but we'll see Dak in the, a certain light, in the light where he's supposed to be in. He's not an elite quarterback that can overcome uh, the mistakes that are made by others on his team, bro. And like I said, that's only like seven people in the league. Only seven people in the league can do that. Six or seven people. Other than that, who are, who's doing that? 
I, I think if if this was any other quarterback, I think it would be a lot more scrutiny with it. I think a lot of people are giving Dak a pass, even though, like you said, the defense was to blame for that comeback mostly. I think Dak gets still, more heat than any of these other quarterbacks because you play for the Cowboys. I, I feel like if that was Jimmy G, he would have got cooked. Shit, if Jimmy G played for the Cowboys, bro, if, you got to think that's America's team. If what you call it, if even if Josh Allen would have did that, I would have been on Josh Allen's head if he would have did that because we expect better. And I think with that, but Josh Allen is a top to make these three, mistakes. top two quarterback in the league, though, bro. That's why I say he's an elite of the elite held to a higher standard. We can't hold Dak to that standard when he's not that type of level, bro. But he if wanted not, that type of money at the time, bro. That's what I'm bro, saying. He's not making that money, though, bro. He's making 40 mil, bro, which Derek Carr is making. Derek Carr is making that type of money now, but, bro. But at the time, bro, this is what I'm saying, though. At the time when he signed that contract, what was that, like three years ago at this point? When that he two signed years that, two years ago, when he signed that contract, I was saying it was just too much. I, I felt like he was really asking for too much money because what have you done? Since you got in the league, you only have, what, one playoff victory? I mean, now they got two, but at the time, they only had one. And it, it was just – it was shortcoming after shortcoming with the Cowboys. And Dak didn't really prove himself to me to be worth the amount of money that he was requesting. And now, of course, yeah, people like Derek Carr and stuff like that are making the same type of money as him because the, the market price that's is the, so that's much the, But that's what I'm saying. That's the market for Dak. That was the market for Dak then, and it's the market for Dak now. I don't think the amount of money he's making is the problem, though. I think the expectation for Dak is – we cannot view him like he is an elite quarterback, bro. He's not Mahomes. He's not Burrow. He's not Allen. Even though he could be making that money, he's not on that level, bro. Kyler Murray isn't even on that level. And Kyle Murray is making $45 million, making way more than Dak, and about to be making the same as uh, Patrick Mahomes. not be making that much either. But that's what we can't say they can't be making this much money. They play quarterback in the NFL. That's the market for these players, bro. I don't think that's the point. But I think it's the point that he's just not on that level. That's 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 just what we have to say. We shouldn't be coming at his pockets more so than he's just not on that level. Everybody is getting paid that amount of money now, bro. 40 plus is going for a top 10 quarterback in the league. That's just the going rate. I can't go at him for his money. I just got to go at him for the expectation that we used to have of you that we don't have of you anymore. You're not elite. You're not top five. You're not top seven. You're just top 10. And you can't overcome the miscomings or shortcomings of your team. It, it just remind me of the, the Rudy Gobert trade because it was like, it, it just kind of, and I'm not trying to say in talent wise, they remind me of each other. I'm I'm just saying in a sense of, did it mess the market up a little bit? You know what I'm saying? Like Rudy Gobert got, we know Rudy Gobert trade, the Rudy trade was just, it made no sense whatsoever. Rudy Gobert was not worth half of what they were doing mm-hmm. to get this man. And I, I just think with Dak, it was a situation where I, I'm not trying to the um pocket watch, but it was just like, damn, like we we just throwing this money out nowadays. But like you said, it's the market. If you top 10, if you're even fringe top 10, they'll give you the bag. And it's like, hey, you know, I just expect players to live up to to the money that they make. That's all. That's what I said. I don't have that expectation for Dak anymore, bro. And that's why I don't think you can get much better than Dak. And that's my point. I don't think you can get much better than Dak unless you're getting one of those top eight guys or one of those six guys that I just named with Herbert Burrow. If you ain't getting one of them, you don't get rid of Dak. A fourth round pick is not going to step in and be better than what Dak is right now. He's not. Dak is a fourth round pick and is probably the best you're going to get as a fourth round pick prospect. Like that's the best you're going to get. Like Dak was an anomaly. 
you're not going to draft somebody better than that. I don't think so. Unless you're going to get one of the top draft picks, which I don't think they will. Moving on, I got the Jags are going to win the AFC South. Currently, they are 6-8, and eight, and the Titans are 7-7, seven and seven, so they're only a game back of the Titans. Uh, they play the Jets this week. They play the Titans next week, and I think they play uh, – I'm blanking. They play Houston somewhere in, that, uh, in between those matchups as well. So a winnable schedule to win out, and they just got this big win against Dallas. Are the Jags going to win the AFC? Uh, will they win the AFC South? Uh, yeah. not not too wild. Nah, the Titans. I don't trust them anymore. Um, they've just been spiraling the last few weeks, and the Jags have just looked very impressive the last three to four weeks. Trevor Lawrence specifically. I I think this the last three games are very winnable. I feel like they can win out, win the division, and even be a a threat for that first round playoff game. So not too wild. Yeah. I for sure. I think this confirmed right now the Jags are winning. The with the the fact that Tennessee is also being banged up or are banged up like they are. I think seven defensive starters didn't play for Tennessee mm-hmm. this past weekend. So obviously the fact that they were even in the game with the Chargers is a hell of a uh uh nod to Mike Vrabel, obviously, but they're too injured at this point. And I think the Jags are hungry and they want it more. So I would have the Jags winning the FC South for sure. But you got it. Uh, who's the scarier QB to face right now? Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Joe Burrow, for sure. Because Joe Burrow is more seasoned, bro. I think we're still seeing mistakes from Trevor Lawrence where they're young nigga mistakes, where uh, trying to do too much mistakes. And I think Joe has overcome that at this point of his career, being his third year. Like, even in this game against the Cowboys, he had a crucial fumble that could have lost them the game he had a crucial mm-hmm. interception in the third quarter, which could have lost him the game. The Cowboys made so many mistakes that he still had the opportunity to win, and he did come through for his team at the end. But it's those mistakes throughout the game where you're still like, damn, he's still a young quarterback still. He's still not on that elite level. He's going to get there, but he's still going through his growing pains at this point. So I want to put him up there with Joe Burrow. I agree. I got Joe Shiesty. For sure. And speaking of Joe Burrow, the Bengals are going back to the Super Bowl. Too wild or not too wild? Not too wild, bro. They damn near the scariest team to play in the AFC right now. More scary yeah. than the Chiefs. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like if they played the Chiefs right now, like, I, I wouldn't win. be surprised if the Bengals <laughs> won. Because they what? They beat them again this season when they played, yeah. right? Yeah. So, that's twice recently that. Wait, no. Whoa. They, they, did beat, the, they, beat, they beat the Chiefs. They beat, they beat the Chiefs. I'm saying, like, overall, Joe Burrow against the yeah, Chiefs. He beat him beat twice him last year, and he now. beat him this year, yeah. Okay, so he already 3-0 and against the Chiefs. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he do it again, whether he That's on the I'm road saying. or whether he had the crib. So he's the, I, I say not too out. He's the only one with a good track record against most of these quarterbacks that he's faced. I don't think he's played Allen yet. So that's the only one I'm kind of worried about. Has but he played Herbert? He's played Herbert, yeah. But, like, Herbert, Herbert, Mahomes, he has good track records against those quarterbacks. But so that gives me more confidence and obviously going on the run that he did last year. And the defense is just playing at a high level right now, bro. Even though they gave up some some plays against the, the Bucks this past week to shut them down, to cause to force Tom Brady to make so many mistakes, to force the offense to make so many mistakes. I think our defense has to get a lot of credit and they're healthy going into the playoffs, too. And that's another reason why it gives me more confidence. So not too wild, bro. They are up there. They'll probably be. 
Ooh. Damn, what I say they're the best team in the AFC? They're playing like the best team in the AFC. Say, that's not too wild. They're playing than better anybody in the AFC right now. So not too wild. They're playing better than everybody in the AFC right now. Damn. So yeah, not too wild. All right, bro. And moving on to entertainment and current events. An army player defers his military requirements to be eligible to go to the NFL draft due to a bill being passed. So usually when you uh, go to one of these military schools like Army, Navy, Air Force, you are required to do at least a couple of years. You sign a contract that you're going to do a couple of years after you go to the school because the uh, Army is paying for your education and stuff like that. If you mm-hmm. don't finish college, you got to pay back your tuition and so much other stuff that goes into it. So you usually sign a contract to uh, go serve your two years. So obviously you can be free after that. But in this uh, Army player's case, his name is Andre Carter. He is a projected first-round pick in the NFL draft. He is the linebacker for Army. A bill was just passed that he can go right from the the Army, the school, to the NFL draft without or deferring his uh, military requirements, which is something that is new. Like, a lot of people who were like uh, NFL prospects who went to these military schools didn't have the same opportunity. But since we seen that he was a projected first round pick, they said that the word got to Washington DC in a quick amount of time. And this bill was passed in less than 10 days. So they were on mm-hmm. this pretty quickly, bro. So it's just something that's so eye opening because I wouldn't think that anything would change for these army players, especially when you sign your name on the dotted line to do something, especially when it comes to service for the military, yeah. but when it comes to Andre, Andre Carter, he got deferred and now he gets the chance to go to the NFL and possibly live out his dream. Cause I always wondered about that. Like if you go to army or air force or whatever, like do any of those players go to the league? And if you do go, like, do you just get to say, yeah, I'm not in the army anymore. Or I'm not in the air force anymore. Like I always wondered that. Usually go after their, uh, usually they go after, their two years so if i do two years in the army i get out then i can go because your contract is up but a lot of these people haven't had the same opportunity as andre carter where as soon as i leave college i can go right to the nfl like a lot of those people haven't had that opportunity so in the article it says after an outcry over the future of star army linebacker andre carter the second politicians scrambled to alter the language of a recently passed congressional bill that clears his path to the upcoming NFL draft. New language firmly filed Tuesday morning in a piece of the end of year legislation will restore the opportunity for Carter and other to restore the opportunity for Carter and other current academy upperclassmen at Army, Navy, and Air Force to defer defer military service to pursue professional sports. Because there was a bill that was passed in 2019 that said that players could not go to the NFL uh, straight from one of these military schools, but they had to change the wording just in his case because he was just highly ranked and stuff like that. And he wanted this type of opportunity. And it was such an outcry from everybody around him that wanted this to happen. So that's what made it happen so fast. Obviously with them being at army, it got to Washington DC faster than usual. And that's why it was passed in less than 10 days. So, this is a big deal because now we can see future military school players go to the NFL with this rule change. But before this happened, like, how does 
how does that work in the player's favor? Like, because if I'm not, first off, I'm two years older than what you would have drafted me at. Like, do I even still get to be drafted at that point? Like, am I just going to be, be an undrafted? undrafted? You can be an undrafted free agent. You can get picked up by some team. You can probably have some workouts after that. But a lot of these players, when they, after they, they're not really thinking about the NFL because a lot of people are not in his case of That's being true. a first-round prospect. Most of these people that go to Army, Navy, they they're not playing thinking about just to play. Yeah, they just so. playing just to play because they played in high school, but their focus is on the military service. It's not a lot of people in his case are that are first round talents. I think they said there was somebody who was drafted in the fourth round in the 60s or 70s, they said in the article. But that's the last time somebody has truly been drafted. He's going to be the highest person drafted by a large margin from a military school. So this is a big deal, bro. Like I said, if anybody else has this type of talent and any of these military schools like Navy, Air Force or Army, they have this opportunity because Andre Carter open the doors up for him. So that's a big deal. Like I said, he doesn't just get to move past his requirements. He's just deferring them to a later mm -hmm. date. So after he's done with yeah. the NFL, that's when he can move on. But this only works with professional sports. So for example, if you leave Army and you want to get a real job because somebody's offering you a lot of money at a tech company, for example, you can't go to that. You still have to do your two right. years post then you can go to that job after. But since it's professional sports, and like you said about the drafting age and shit like that, they changed the rules. So only for professional sports can you leave directly from the Army school and go straight to the NFL. It's only for professional mm -hmm. sports. It's not for any other opportunity, any other schooling. For everybody else, you still got to do your two years or however long you signed on for, and then you can do whatever you want to do. So definitely an eye-open experience. So definitely shout out to Andre Carter. Going to be a, he's a top 50 prospect on a majority of people's boards, a top 50 pick. So he's going to be a, a first or second round pick. But most of the people think he's going to be a first rounder. So definitely shout out to him. And moving on to my last news is Bad Bunny has earned $435 million with his concerts in 2022, which is the highest grossing year in live events history, bro. A lot of people are sleeping on Bad Bunny because obviously he's more for the Hispanic community. But when you talk about somebody who's been consistently number one for the longest period of yeah. time, somebody who continuously sells at concerts and who is the boogeyman for a lot of people when you talk about the billboard charts, it is Bad Bunny. Nobody, he's like Drake. Like nobody wants to drop on the same week as Bad Bunny, bro, because he will overshadow you. People will run to his album before a lot of these other artists that people hold in high regard in the black community, bro. Like he's, he's in that, he's in that tier. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the type of numbers we're looking at with bad bunny highest and, grossing year. And I, I think it's unique because we, we in the U S like we, I don't even think we have that much of a craze for bad bunny for real. Not at all. You know, like, like you said, he's, he's such an international star that didn't start here. To where it's like we're catching like the second wave of you know fandom for it when i'm sure anywhere else the the same way how how can i say it like drake like you said for example the same way drake can just walk into a random ass room like at a drake can walk into a wendy's here in st pete I promise you the entire city, once we find out, we're oh, swarming sure. that Wendy's and everybody's going to be there just to get a glimpse, like just mm -hmm. to get a picture. 
Bad Bunny is like that ju- probably times two. No. Like, and I, I think that's that's the unique part about it. He's at such a high status right now. But the question is, is he gonna be held in that high of a of a caliber when it comes to mentioning some of the greatest names? Because this isn't a statistic that we can sneeze at, bro. That's like what I'm saying. Highest, the highest grossing year in live events history. That means like you're I, I know money now is different than money from 40 years ago and all that, but it still matters. It still counts. Like when we talk about, you know, Michael Jackson or, you know, um, Prince or Elvis, like when it comes to live performance, Beyonce, like, is Bad Bunny going to get mentioned with these people? We can't just sit here and say, but nah, he don't get this is, mentioned. This is the thing, this is the thing about Bad Bunny. I think yeah. Bad Bunny is somebody who is popular, like you said, to an international extent, but I don't think we could put him in the same tier as Beyonce. Prince and Michael Those Jackson. Are international I icons, bro. But this Mike is the thing: in terms of performing, world, in terms of performing, I think there is a difference. Performing, I think the popularity of Bad Bunny is why we see the number that we see of four hundred and thirty-five million. But the performing aspect, I think, is where the gap comes between Beyonce and Michael. Like them boys was dead. Them, you know, what I'm saying those was like actual performing. He's more so just singing on stage, and that's really it. I you know what I'm saying? Like all of these other rappers, too, though. Hmm? Maybe not him as like a dancer or him as an actual performer, but I heard I've heard his performances are crazy, bro. Like his mm. on stage presence is 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 unworthy. It's something you really gotta be there to experience. Are people fainting and just passing out like Michael Jackson concerts? I don't know, but clearly it's to a magnitude that you're grossing almost half a billion dollars off of a tour off of Mm -hmm. concerts for the full year you made damn near half a billion dollars that's nothing to sneeze at bro like we have to mention your name with some of the best of the best if you're at that point and we can't even like let's just say bad bunny next year ain't as popular as this year i can't even say he fell off because it's like he still did some shit that nobody else has done. For sure. So I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting conversation that we got to have later down the line if he continues to be on this run. He's been on like a two to three year run now I was about to say. where he's really on the charts every year and he's topping the charts every time he drops something. Mm-hmm. And in America, it may not be that big of a thing because we don't understand what he's saying most of the time. But everywhere else in the world, bro, like that, that's something when you can go anywhere in the world and sell out every single time, not sell majority, not sell half, but you're selling out every venue everywhere in the world you perform. We, we got to give flowers for that. We got for sure. So definitely shout out to Bad Bunny. Definitely shout out to him. And moving on to Pastor Ox, man, what we got for song of the week? Uh, I got Solo by Future. One of my favorite future songs of all time, my nigga. Shout out to my nigga Future. And mine is Freaky T by Tia Corinne. I want y'all to listen to this song. Y'all gonna think she got that same type of vibe as Glorilla. But this, this song is fire. But I want y'all to listen to her whole entire album. It might not be everybody's cup of tea. But y'all gonna see that she's nothing like Glorilla at all. And she's honestly a rock star. More so on like that Rico Nasty type of vibe where she has so many yeah. different styles that she can do. It's not just one thing where she's just rapping and that's all she does. Like 
it's some rock star type of songs on that bitch that I fuck with though. And I think freak, I think uh Tia Karan can be somebody that we talk about over the next couple of years that continuously grows, especially when you talk about the, the communities like Rico Nasty is in, like that uh more not that goth, but that gothy black girl type of thing. I think she can come yeah. up in that, but she can give you that rapping shit. Cause she got some bars in that goddamn freaky T song, bro. Mm. So I want y'all to listen to the whole album if after y'all listen to that song, though. Um, moving on to movie and show reviews, bro. What we got coming up? Uh, seeing Avatar two, so we got to do the Avatar review in comparison for the first and second movie. Uh, Glass Onion is in theaters until the twenty third, I think you said. Yeah, so and then it's gonna be on. It's gonna be on Netflix on December twenty third. So it's gonna come out. Yeah, I might as well just wait to watch it on Netflix. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait to watch that. But we got. I think those two and like maybe one or two other things. Uh oh, Snowfall is coming back mm-hmm. February twenty second. So two twenty two two thousand twenty three. So we got BMF in January. We got Snowfall in um goddamn what you call it. February. Goddamn February. Mm-hmm. And then we got Power Book 2 Ghosts, new season in March. We Man, got back to back to start the year off. And we got Ant-Man Quantumania in the midst of all. That's what I'm really Ooh. ready to see. That's what I'm really ready to see, my boy. Got Kang coming back. Man, there's so much shit I'm hearing about. Shit uh, finna be crazy to start the year. Nah, shit finna be crazy for sure, bro. I'm definitely excited. Oh, and, and shout out to that um to that Into the Spider-Verse 2 with Miles Morales. That shit gonna be good. That multiverse, mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah. finna go crazy. We we oh, gonna yeah, get I'm, that. I'm here. I'm here. It's gonna be a two parter. Yeah. We we gonna get a real life Miles Morales. I don't know who they gonna get to play him, but give it like two more years. We gonna he gonna jump from the cartoon universe into the real universe. I'm predicting that now. And I'm telling you, it's y'all. only one person that they can pick for that shit, bro. The dude had used to that little boy that used to play on Blackish. That nigga looks just like Miles Morales, bro. Mm-hmm. They gotta get that nigga. But uh. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we out. Peace. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Q&E Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And feel free to listen to us anytime on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Submit all questions and inquiries to Q&E Podcast at gmail.com.